line in our Christmas Legends episode special? Does it say one horse open sleigh in the song when it is pulled by deer? But it's not. It's pulled by reindeer. No, no. Watch any show and they are depicted as deer. Damn, you're right. They are depicted as deer. They're depicted as deer. So a reindeer really looks more like a moose, and they don't even eat grass. They eat moss, apparently. I bet you they don't even fly. Well, you know, poetic license and all of that. It's kind of like, you know, his car But get the animal right. Get the dang animal right. See, if you're going to call them reindeer. I can, su- I can support that. It's like the ducks. You ever seen a duck in a kid's book? It's yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ducks aren't yellow. Like, they don't come in yellow. So, I don't know where that came from. But... Ho, ho, ho. Welcome, everybody, to a quality podcast Christmas special lean myths and legends in celebration of santa claus and talking reindeer and glowing red noses and all of that we decided to pick apart some of our favorite legends that don't involve a fat guy from the north pole jake how are we doing this morning well i'm not from the north pole but i'm happy to be here (laughs) and contrary to popular belief jake is not a myth nor a legend so Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. As you know, uh, we talk a lot about quality and continuous improvement and lean on the show. And we have put together our five favorite lean myths and legends that we are going to bag all over this holiday season. So we've got our sack full of coal ready to shove down these uh, five stockings and get everybody on the internet mad. So, Jake, you ready? I am ready. I'll let me tell you, John, before we dive in, I just love the good old Christmas tradition of gathering around a table and just subtly belittling people for their beliefs. <laughs> and where would we be in America? Where are you in America? Are you married yet? How much money do you make? Like That is like Christmas tradition, at least in America, as far as I've seen it. So... Happy oh, to do that worry, for the lean community. There's nothing really wrong with you. You'll find that special someone. I'm not even looking, Ma. I just, I hate the ones that I'm like, hello, and they go, yeah, your nose isn't that big. You're going to be okay. <laughs> well, red eater, right? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I can just attack my, like, you just opening this whole show going, he's not a legend. Well, you know, thanks, Dad. <laughs> You know, the whole reindeer thing is like really disturbing. Like here's Santa who's basically empowering a toxic workplace environment, right? As these reindeers are ganging up on the one that that's different, right? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they find out that the, the dude can fly and see in the dark or whatever, then they're then they all like it, right? So it's it's a classic like manipulation relationship. Cult, like, cult dynamics. Yeah, it's, it's cult it's dynamics. Cult dynamic. Yeah. Like if I can get something out of you, oh, you're awesome. Please, why don't you lead our pack? You know, but before that, and you're garbage. Get out of here, Mr. Different. Mm. Uh, I could bag on Santa Claus all day. I just want to say that uh, if you, you know, rearrange his letters, it's 
Satan claws. So obviously he's a bad guy. Um, so lean myths and legends. Now that we got all of the shenanigans. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying you can rearrange letters if it makes something that sounds real? That's just the way it needs to be? Uh, obviously, uh, some guy named Q told me that. Oh, my God. Well, keep his name anonymous for the sake of the show. <laughs> Ron Watkins. <laughs> all right. So lean myths and legends. Top five. Starting out at number five and working to our all-time favorite or least favorite, uh, whatever you want to call it, lean myth and legend. Number five, people process tools in that order. Ooh. Jake, you have something to say about that? Ooh. This, this is going to set the community on fire probably harder than the rest of them. Or maybe not. Maybe they don't care, and there's a, there's a world of rational, like-minded people who have the intellectual furniture to think through what scenarios look like. And that is, it is process people tools, not people process tools. Now, before you go and set me on fire and cancel me on social media for saying people are first, you can have the best people strategy. You can kiss me in the morning and bring me donuts and money, and if your business process sucks and does not create value for all stakeholders, you'll still get crappy outcomes. And Whereas I on the just flip want side, to go on the record here saying that Jake did just officially say you can kiss him on the mouth in the morning and bring him donuts every day. So if that's anybody's, if that's anybody's fever dream out there, open invitation. Yeah. So I I appreciate you bringing this up when we were talking through you know lean myths and legends. And, and here's why. First of all, the fact that people put people processing tools like in this comparison chart is ridiculous. Like human beings have intrinsic value for being humans, right? There, there's a categorical fallacy to lump them in with kind of anything else in business, right? So you can't really order these things. That's they they don't compare it's like taking an apple and orange and a ferrari and saying okay let's put them in order of value uh, you know? let's benchmark an apple's taste against the tea in china like it literally yeah, like... They, they don't go i think the reason people um say that is we're trying to virtue signal in a lot of ways i care about people people are the most important thing right so not a lot of ways all the ways john all of the ways that's what that's what we're doing there yeah like we want to make sure that people know that we're righteous that's a normal human condition right we all want people to think that we're good right um but it's already ridiculous to compare the three so why is process more important in your ci journey and your business management um and and why why can we say such a controversial explosive thing all right, let me throw you a hypothetical. John's gonna join me as an elf in my workshop, right? I'm Satan Claus, as he just called out. Now, every morning you wake up from your bed with your 10,000s of others in your cramped work environment. And the first thing I do is to kiss you on the forehead, I wish you a great day, you know, I shake your hand, ask how you're feeling. And your job is to lump the dead bodies of the elf deceased into a fire, most of which you formerly knew. <laughs> Now, is this a terrible, like, ad absurdum example where you're, like, crying just to get through your work Yes, case? I would Probably. definitely call this a terrible 
uh, terrible uh, reductio. Yes, please. Probably, but if you were scooping elves into the fire and you're crying about killing your loved ones and kindred, you have to ask yourself, what's more important? That I was treated well or that the business process isn't absolutely terrible? <laughs> now, yeah. I, I give you the flip side. Which one would you rather have? Yeah, so a couple of things there, right? Uh, the first is if you have crappy business processes, right, then it's really hard to say, I care about people. It just becomes a platitude, right? Uh -huh. So I can say, Jake, you're an awesome guy. Thanks for coming to work today. I really appreciate you. Fist bump, all of that, right? And you're like, yeah, this job sucks, dude, right? And yeah, the fact I get beat after every episode of this show, I mean, it's a real problem. <laughs> hey, I told you, nobody knows about that. Um, besides, you pay me, so it doesn't count. Um, you have to. <laughs> I pay you to get beat? <laughs> hey, man, everybody has their thing. So if you don't have good business processes in place, you can't treat people well. But here's the other side the way that you treat people and treating people with respect, we're gonna talk about this a little bit more later on, requires processes. You have to have processes in place to treat people with respect and to treat them. The, so humans, as you know, everybody's an individual, a little delicate love flower, myself included, and we have a broad spectrum of how we act, think, and behave. Guess what? Your management isn't exempt from that. So if you don't have a robust system for how you manage people, guess what? You're going to get different outcomes all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it is, it, you know, all that's left is it's a platitude. We'd like you to think you're a good person. Yeah. yeah instead, I want you to think that I like you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, the robust process is going to get just better outcomes all across the board. Yeah. So classic example, employee suggestion board. That is a process. You have to have a process for your employee suggestion board. You have to have a rigorous right meeting that you're disciplined in attending you have to have a process for evaluating sorting and taking action on the employee suggestions you have to have a process for getting feedback to the employees about their suggestions and without that your employee suggestion board will be a tool to tear your business down and to create discontent there is nothing worse for an employee than to have a big giant tool in the break room that is not used or is not used consistently, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, I could literally pull my pants down, take a selfie, and I would have like less hatred for that photo in the break room than an unused suggestion board. <laughs> like, yeah, and I've been, <laughs> I've been to sites that had it. In, I mean, big like corporate branding, you know, four by eight. Not my picture. Suggestion the suggestion board, board right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the suggestion board, not your ass. Um, and. I think the worst one I saw had action items on there that were like three years old with no action taken on them. And then there were some that were just blank. That's a little bit better, right? Nobody's been bothering to use it. Um, and all of that's because they didn't have a process in place, a process discipline to use it. So I know we're doing a little bit of a bait and switch here with this topic, but yes, of course, people are not only important, but they have intrinsic value that your processes and tools don't. You can't even compare them. But if you do not have rigorous processes in place for how you treat people and how you run your business, then you cannot have 
consistent respect for people and the working environment where people can flourish. So for that reason, myth busted, process, people, tools. All right, let me take a break. She who must be obeyed popped her head in here. Let me see what's going on. Myth number four, moving on on our list of least most hated Christmas lean myths and legends or Christmas special. I don't know that it's Christmas related, but maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Number four and a special one for me is 5S and Muda, like eliminating Muda, is lean. John, why isn't yes. that the case? Yes, awesome. So there's this myth and legend, this lean myth and legend that if you 5S your work area and if you're trained in Muda, you know, the seven, eight, however the hell many ways we have nowadays, um, and you're like trying to remove that, that you're lean, okay? Uh, nothing could be farther from the truth. And this is why many, many companies, including companies that I have worked with and for, uh, don't get the benefits of lean that they thought they were going to get, right? So we don't want to get into like a whole huge lecture or book here, but lean is a strategy and it's a growth strategy. It's how you run your business. It requires a business operating system in order to work. And it's the philosophy of reducing the demand to cash time by removing waste in the value creation process, right? It's a strategy. It has to be how the business is run. It is not a project. It's not a program. It is damn sure not a department. It's not a set of tools. And 5Sing your work area, being trained in waste and removing waste from different processes is not lean. It might not even get you any benefits. So here's a couple of thoughts about that. Let's start with 5S. 5S is visual workspace management. Um, if you're doing actual lean, it is almost always part of a Kaizen event that involves something else. Like yeah, I want to redesign my workspace. I want to accomplish X yes. or Y faster. Yep. And as you are redesigning a work cell or whatever, you are 5Sing as part of that Kaizen event, right? You know that I have worked places where they decided to 5S a work space and they didn't even have the process documented of what that employee was doing. I have only worked in places with that. I yeah, literally right. had a place do this thing called, and I've never heard it before, a 5S int, where all they did was color code what they spray painted on the ground for three different like sub processes that, that were going on in a station without realizing there were six of them. Three different right. colors for six sub prices. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pull, pull your hair out moment, right? So mm -hmm. uh, without the context, 5S is nothing more than um, uh, cleaning up your work area, right? Well, then you uh, don't need 5S, just clean up. Platitudes, platitudes. Yeah. It is a deep signal for you to righteously go, I'm lean. And I, I treat it like it's some sort of religion and go, I'm so lean right now, the 5S of it. Ooh. And like right, right. ascend into the heavens and think that you're an actual consultant. No, you have to have some sort of strategic plan. And it's one of the many, many tools and systems to get that outcome once you know what your plan is. Like doing it for the sake of doing it is pretty, it's not lean. 
Yeah, it's not, and it's and you're not going to get anything for it. Honestly, like anybody benefits from having a clean and orderly workspace, at least for a short time, right? Uh, but then just clean up, just put your damn tools away. You know, like you don't need a five S event. Um, and then like muda, you waste recognition and reduction, right? So you're trained in the seven wastes or the eight wastes or whatever your company thirteen subscribes to. Yeah, the the so you're watching people work and you're like, oh, that's waste. Look, they just walked four feet to go get that tool and come back. So let's move the tool closer. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. But let's think through the logical conclusion. This employee is now walking, you know, less throughout the workday. The problem is they're working on a subassembly that has a pitch time that hasn't changed. So all you did was give them you know, more time to do nothing. You haven't captured anything there. You haven't captured any value. I have a specific one, if I can stay as vague as possible to get specific, where uh, the project around waste reduction was that we had significant bouts of two yard hostlers that are moving trailers out in a facility, right? And the improvement event was like, oh man, we can lose one and a half within all the space we can save if we just optimize when we move and make the carrier start off putting the stuff in the right place to begin with, just solving those two problems. But really, like step one, you're never going to have less than one person, so the half's already out the window, right? You still got to have somebody there all day to do at least yep. one move. And then beyond that, we had an informal safety policy with a buddy system that required two people to be out there. So guess what? We ran a whole event. We put all this Excel money together and said, guess what? We're going to save zero dollars and zero cents. Yeah, and yeah. it's because it was moved to like, like chasing for the sake of chasing without context, without a plan, without a broader. What am I trying right. to get out of this? No strategy. Yeah, great, great example. Here's another one. I have seen this happen. Like I've seen this happen. And the coaching conversation was very uncomfortable because there's no way to have it that doesn't make the recipient feel like a moron, right? As kind as you try to be, once you explain it, it's such a duh moment, you know, that you feel like Homer Simpson, right? So if you have any kind of process like this, there's a bottleneck somewhere in there. And that is just the step in the process that has, you know, the slowest velocity essentially, right? So you have this bottleneck. I have seen people removing waste before the bottleneck. So they're making this process more efficient. What does that mean? It means more whips stacking up in front of the bottleneck, right? You're doing my fancy Gaga senses are catching on fire right now. You know who does this to me that just sets me on fire? Chipotle. So there's a Chipotle right here. Great, I talk about this all the time. Example. And what just absolutely infuriates me is the bottleneck is obviously whether or not people are going to say add guacamole and then smear the guacamole on the exact tortilla in the exact right, right way to not get you bit off by us middle class assholes, right? So in the process, whenever the cashier is ahead of, you know, they're not making enough guac, you know, to get the next person checked out, the cashier moves back to the meat line and guess what that's accomplishing that's putting more tortillas with meat on it up to the bottleneck <laughs> you just you right. didn't solve a problem right you look more busier than you are but right. your cycle time went down right. like, yeah. yep you actually made the problem worse right yeah. so uh let's wrap this up and move on to number three number four 5s and muda training removing waste is lean that is a myth and a legend Get Busted. rid of that. Busted. Busted.
all right, number three, this is a big one. We weren't sure where to put it, right? Because for me, this is so obvious that it shouldn't be on the list. On the other hand, everybody does this. Like I've seen this so many times, myth and legend number three, tools can fix your problems. I'm gonna go get this belt training. I'm gonna learn how to do a Poisson distribution. I'm gonna learn how to do 5S. I'm gonna learn how to do this. I've got this fancy tool that's gonna solve my problem. What is wrong with that picture, Jake? Well, if you just throw out a Poisson tool just because, it's pretty Poisson-ish to the toxic workplace <laughs> and the outcomes you get. <laughs> that was the biggest stretch ever of me trying to make that poison. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good. It wasn't good, wasn't bad. It's getting left in just to teach me a lesson, isn't it? Yes, yep, I'm definitely, I'm Son getting that one in. Son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> so, why tools do not solve problems? Much like the master mechanic, is you can have a whole building full of tools and it's up to the person to select the right one in the right context and apply it appropriately. A tool for the sake of a tool literally means nothing. And one step further, just like piggybacking off of our last lean myth, if you don't have a broader strategy in place, Sometimes even a good tool for a given problem is not adding value to the rest of the business proposition and can actually be counterintuitive. Going back to my hate-love relationship with Chipotle, both being close and absolutely terrible, is they use an ice cream scoop. And then inherently, they use an ice cream scoop to put guacamole on a thing and then they fight it to roll it out onto a tortilla. One, you're using the wrong tool, right? But even if you were using the right tool and you looked at it and go, ooh, what if we just switch to a label, right? We have one of these in the kitchen. You actually didn't increase that speed by very much or remove it as a bottleneck. On top of that, your process where cashier A went back into the meat line is still counterintuitively making it worse. So even yep. developing the right tool and bringing yep. it in did not solve a problem in the broader in the broader process. So a lot of people think that I'm going to throw up a swim lane. Now everybody's the master of their process and nothing will ever go wrong again. No, that is the start of a long journey to internalize actually how you create value within a structure. And we do that by not just picking tools and not using tools to solve problems, choosing our noggin systems and strategy to have the right tools in the right context at the right time. Yeah, and I like the mechanic analogy, right? So you've got a uh, mechanic in a shop, you know, he's gonna fix cars or whatever, and he has a selection of tools to use, or whatever. The valuable mechanic, like the one that gets paid a lot, the one you keep going back to, is not the one that knows how to use every tool well. It's the one that knows how to diagnose your damn car and get it fixed. Right. In the same way, in your lean journey or continuous improvement journey as a company, you need to be training people that can diagnose and solve problems. See, if you have the diagnostic skill, you can outsource the tool. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. You know who does? That guy. 90, probably more than that, probably 99% of my work is diagnostic related, not tool related. It's diagnosing the issue and coaching people. Okay, here's the issue. Now, let's talk about the skills that we currently possess to fix this problem as a team, right? Um, so myth number three, 
tools can fix your problems that can't fix your problems, right? And outsourcing them is the 99% number, quite frankly, is lowball on it. If I go out into a facility and it's a bunch of process that keeps spitting out defects, as soon as we just iron out what the process is, I can hire a graphic artist from anywhere to pay a couple hundred bucks. Boop. Here's a, the biggest, fanciest, most detailed process document you ever received in your life. If I don't know how to calculate all my ins and outs for what the dollars is, I can hire an accountant to come back through and go, well, here's all the beans, and this is exactly how much you are or aren't going to save. If I don't know how to design the best process, I could actually hire an engineer who can literally do that with factory physics and say, here's the exact best way. The diagnostics is what's important. Not the tool. Yep, good good call. So lean missing legend number five, people process tools busted. Number four, five S and Muda training or reduction is lean, busted. Tools can fix your problems. Busted. Number two, building up to the big number one. Number two, respect for people means that I treat you nicely. I feel like we need to insert some kind of Scary music there. Ooh. Zoom just asked me if I'm playing music with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't believe it thought that was music. Um, yep. So, Jake, tell me more about this. Respect for people. So everywhere I have ever seen this misapplied has just been a, we're not going to hold anybody accountable for anything. They're doing their best. They need to live and let live. They didn't have productivity today, but they're going to do them. It's really similar to my California impersonation for some reason. I have no idea. Sabra, you need to live and let live with the waves. Like really? that is not what respect for people means. Yeah, no, fantastic call out. So um, I see this misapplied over and over and over again. Look, being nice to people, I mean, first of all, that's, uh, it's highly subjective, right? Um, respect for people is not the same as not being a dick, right? You no, they're not be. related. Sometimes you have to be a dick. Well, that's true because it really depends on the person receiving the information and the message, right? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when I tell you that doesn't cut it, here's the uh, outputs that you're creating. Here's the outputs we need. Let me help you get here. Let me help you tell me how you're going to get here. We're going to work together and solve this problem. Okay. That person can think, man, what a jerk. Just let me do my thing, bruh. Right. Yeah. So you should treat people nicely. You should treat people, uh, you know, don't be an what, asshole. What, what, right? Why did we have to write that down? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, don't eat people. You know, just I didn't think right, I had right. to put this one down, but just hey, stop being accountable. All right. It's yeah. not good for business. So uh, a couple of things. First of all, respect for people. Um, it's a little bit of a mistranslation right, from the TPS principle, uh, probably better translated respect for humanity. Um, it's a much bigger picture, right? Um, it's not so much about like, I'm going to be nice to you as an individual or even relate to you on an individual level. That's something else that has to do with your skill as a leader and your ability to interact with other people in an effective way, psychology, all that. Now, respect for humanity, 
entails a couple of things, but probably the the scariest part is I'm going to hold you accountable. I expect great things out of you. I expect you to improve. I expect you to get better every year. I expect you to be engaged. I expect you to be part of our Kaizen events. I expect you to have great ideas for how we can get better. Because I recognize that as a human, you have an incredible potential, incredible imagination, incredible capability that you might not even know yourself. That's challenging for some businesses that are built on a top-down philosophy, you know, old school management. Look, it doesn't go. It's oil and water. Give up. Just stop. Don't even bother with lean or pretending to be lean. Do your own thing. If you're that kind of business, do that kind of business the best way that you can. But don't fart around with respect for people and then reinterpret it to be, well, we're just nice to everybody. That has nothing to do with it. That's not. Or what we'll just have about. posters that say not how we behave at all. <laughs> you know, like, oh, right, right. The, the part that kills me and the hardest thing to think through and why I think it misapplied the most is that respect for humans, for people, for humanity, as John put it, requires you to have a long-term abstract view of what's best for everybody involved. That is what real respect for humanity is. I'm gonna do what's best for everybody. And that is not always an easy choice. It's not always a fair choice. It's, it's not always a nice choice. I mean, every movie we fall in love with, guess what? Is it some like amoral compass of, I need to do what's right for two people and one of one of them you know directly screws the other right yeah the whole uh what do you call that moral conflict like it's the basis for every great story from star wars to ender's game right the moral dilemma right i mean yeah the island of misfit toys i mean while yeah. we're sticking with the christmas theme that that right. exact that exactly comes to mind yeah. <laughs> um so an example of you know respect for people you know some examples I'm going to work with my supplier to get the outcomes we need for the business so everybody wins. This is in contrast to the sort of Darwinian approach that I've seen and, and worked with in some companies where you have a, this contractual arrangement where it's like, okay, you owe us this, this, and this by this, this, and this time. If you don't get it, you get a fine, right? The invoice is in the mail. Okay, that is not respect for people because you just, kind of eliminated the cooperation piece and this idea that, okay, they're going to have variation. They're going to have mistakes, all that, but they can also fix it and they can get back. On, gonna... on the flip side, just because I love this specific story so much, if you go, well, they're just people when they miss one and not go through root causing it and making a relationship and building a broader strategic structure and you go, well, they're just humans. It's just the way it's going to be. I'm going to respect them because respect for people. That's also not respect for people. Correct. Because Absolutely. you need to hold them accountable. Has to be accountability and cooperation. And, you know, there's tools for this. Speaking of tools, right? Supplier, root cause, and corrective action form type of type of deal. If you're ISO certified, AQUIS certified, you know, some of these other certification requirements for Tier 1 Automotive, for example. Then you probably um, filled them out once at the end of the year, right before your audit. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> in, order to, in order to have it, we need to have Marnie on here. Um, we do. In order to, to, be certified, right? You have to have a program 
for working with your supplier to correct issues. You have to have a program that says, here's your deliverables. And if you're outside of these boundaries, that triggers like a root cause and corrective action, like a countermeasure type of event, right? Because, you know, when you when you think about it, and and uh, we really do need to have Marnie on here to talk about ISO again. Um, but ISO is really the minimum requirements for running a sustainable business. To run a good sustainable business, that's all it is. Yeah, that's literally all it is. So any, I think any business should strive to be able to be ISO certified. And I've worked with companies that didn't want to pay for it, or more likely their customer didn't want to pay for it, right? But they still worked towards it because all this is, this is just the roadmap for success. Like these are the things you have to be in, have in place, you know, be successful. So bringing it back, Lean Missing Legends, number two, respect to Busted. I treat you nicely. No, that's not what it means. You are busted. Out of here. And that leads us up to number one, Lean Myths and Legends. Cue the epic music. Lean Myth and Legends. Number one, our lean implementation failed because of a lack of leadership commitment. How about that? Oh, he did. Oh, no, he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. He went there with a the lack of lead. I argue this on LinkedIn, like, every time it comes up. Well, it's the lack of leadership engagement that's why I failed, because I can't be personally held responsible for not being successful. Come on, man. <laughs> All you say, if you are in charge of doing a thing, regardless of what that thing is, this is just the reality we live in, and you didn't get that thing, it's at least 50% on you, at the very least, yeah. <laughs> no matter yeah. what that thing okay, is. So it, there's a there's a lot to unpack here, right? But your point, which is well taken, is uh, it's it's just flat out not acceptable to hear a lean implementation manager or a lean consultant or somebody whose job is to help a company transition to lean. It's not acceptable to hear them say, "Well, our project failed because of a lack of leadership commitment." Well, you know what? That's your job to secure that. That is job. That's literally why you're there, right? That is job numero uno. If you don't have that, it doesn't move forward. That's your like readiness assessment step one to lean transformation and lean coaching and all of that. Um, now, I know many people who work for companies that have a position called a continuous improvement manager, director, whatever, fill in the blank. It's some silo in the org. And if you read the job description, it's, you know, lean this, Six Sigma that, blah, blah, blah. The company is not lean, period. And, you know, the logistics industry is the worst in this regard. You have so many companies that are trying to sell their business by claiming that they're lean, have nothing to do with lean. Yeah, their business that's the problem is it sells. That's the problem is that it that sells. The problem I wish it sells. You... So if you hire somebody into that role, they can get frustrated and they can fail because lean is a business strategy. And since your business strategy is over here, you're hiring someone over here, they're pulling the wrong way. They're doing literally the wrong thing. They're over here 
you know, with their lean training, trying to do whatever. And you're over here with your cost accounting. Oh, yeah, we have three weeks left in the quarter, guys. You better pump out 600,000 million pieces because otherwise we're not going to hit our numbers and then the CEO won't get his bonus, right? Not lean. So you can't win. And most of the times that I hear this, it's from people that are in powerless situations. They were hired sometimes under false pretenses. Just being honest, false pretenses. You're a lean manager. No, you're not. The company's not lean. Yeah, you don't even get to be a manager in most cases. Yeah. You don't. don't. (laughs) Um, So so I understand and I empathize, but let's walk through like this whole thing. So first of all, somebody says, well, our lean implementation failed because of lack of leadership commitment. And pronouncing implementation. That was a big problem with, with the whole thing. Yeah, well... Um, so, but the question number one is then was it even a lean implementation? Because rule number one for lean, I'm not talking about continuous improvement, operational excellence, any of these great programs that could work for a lot of companies, right? I'm talking about lean here, right? Has to start at the top. At the very least, I would say the minimum is one board member has to be the lean transformation champion. That's the minimum. Uh, really, what we're looking for is a majority of the board that supports lean and wants a lean company and the CEO capable of leading a transformation. That's kind of more of the ideal state. But somewhere in between those bookends, right, is where you need to start. So at what point, like if you had that to begin with and you did the proper research and you did your uh, readiness assessment checklist, right, at what point did they suddenly lack commitment yeah let, let me start internal and then go external so internal do you think anyone ever is going to post a job for something they don't want done yeah. even if that thing's misconstrued a different way it goes there is already enough engagement there for you to pretty much put your money on we want you to do something now if right. is it an alignment like in the case you gave probably not but we want you to do something. So then externally is even worse. Like if I'm gonna go search out an external person to come in and do X, Y, Z, guess what? I've already there's defined com- X, Y, Z and I'm paying yes. you. There's all yes. you. <laughs> there's commitment defined there. So, yeah. you know, move, moving along there, I've been involved in six failed lean postmortems, right? Which is not a ton compared to some people, but it's six more than most people have gone through, right? It, five out of these six, the number one piece of feedback that I got in my private one-on-one sessions, right, with the lean leaders was this, lack of leadership commitment. Okay, then why is leadership paying me to find out what went wrong? They're at least committed enough to put their money where their mouth is, right? There's definitely a commitment there. Something else broke down. So let's take it a step further. To me, it's lazy and disrespectful to say, we failed because of a lack of leadership commitment. You're supposed to be trained in the five whys. You're supposed to be trained in root cause analysis. All of these things that you say are gospel and that you believe in, suddenly you don't do them now? Right, if you can't come to a root cause, what the hell are you doing in this game? Leadership commitment <laughs> cannot, by definition, leadership commitment cannot be a root cause. It can be a proximal cause. It's somewhere here, but it's not here. Because yeah, it's still like it, it's exactly like these employees need more training. Like you can't come to that conclusion at the end of a five Y. If you do, you don't know what you're doing. 
right we're gonna we're gonna get there because that's my final and and probably most powerful point but if you believe leadership is not committed they're not committed to something and be careful what you're conflating with lean because they might just not be committed to what you're doing but why there's a good reason for it chances are what you're doing isn't good for the business and a lot of the times this goes back to that whole here's the business management philosophy and everything they've grown here's lean you're trying to do this company leadership is trying to do this they want you to make this better you're not what you're trying to do is bad for the business you have to come to terms with that right not a lean company seen it over and over and over again right so there's something behind the leadership commitment always if they're not supporting whatever there is a reason for that. So at least have the decency and respect to use the five whys and other tools and figure out what's really going on here. Ask the questions, get the surveys, get people off the record, all of that, put a model together, figure out what's really going on. Right? And, and on that, any relationship of any kind, as a guy who's been divorced and getting remarried right now, it's a perfect uh, good story to compare it to. Any relationship ever, I could go back to that relationship. It's a truism and go, well, it's really just a lack of engagement. That's really what it was. No, the hell it wasn't. It was a specific set of root causes that exactly caused what outcomes came to be, right? right. You can't just go, well, it was a lack of engagement. I mean, that's always gonna be true We are where you fail. Every time you fail at something, guess what? You didn't have the right kind of engagement to not fail at it. Whoa, great, great sentence. And here's, you know, one of the most powerful points that sort of go along with this, right? If you are a lean consultant, operational excellence consultant, internal lean consultant, manager, director, or whatever, you have a fundamental obligation to have a conversation with business leadership and find out how they create value throughout the entire organization. What is it that they do? Come to terms with reality as quickly as possible. Stop living in fantasy land. What is the company actually doing? And then you can decide, how can I move forward? How can I make this better? So you have a company, they say, we wanna be lean. There's no assessment done ahead of time. There's no preparation. There's no planning. Everybody jumps on board and says, great, we're going to be a lean company. Absolutely. They hire somebody who comes in and says, okay, we're going to do, what are your value streams? Let's define that. Okay, let's cut out the waste in the value streams. We've got these Kaizen events, med, whatever. Next thing you know, they're missing their commitment to the customers. And management comes in and says, you know what? This is bullshit. We don't want this anymore. That's not a lack of leadership commitment. I mean, it's literally like saying, you're bleeding to death. You just just wait it out long enough and the scabs will heal. Just wait it out. Well, good luck. The patient's not gonna do that, right? Part of that happened because you didn't assess their business requirements to their customer. Well, you just, mm -hmm. if, you, if you suffer through the pain long enough, then you'll it'll stick and you'll make it out on the other side. Well, the business might not allow that. I can think of numerous businesses where that's simply not an option, right? We're going to have lean aircraft flying. Yeah, I know nine out of the last 10 pilots crash their jumbo jets, but if you just wait it out, it's going to work. We got to go through some bumps. 
right? I, I see it again and again where management you know, it was fully erroneous. They eliminated too much to streamline X or Y process, right? So it's thin, it's missing, it's missing odds and ends, it's leaving out some really like value, you know, non-value added but critical work tasks. It's like just leaving it on the table all the time. Lean guy comes in and tries to add a process that uh, you know, circumvents whatever the given defect or lack was. Well, guess what? You're, you're adding sources, so you're taking away from a bottom line and fundamentally doing the opposite of what the business leader wants. So yeah, absolutely. You, you can't um, connect those two dots without understanding what is it they actually do and want. Yes, absolutely. Um, Jeff Liker, in his book, The Toyota Way, has a great story about a Toyota supplier in North America it, you know, tried to go lean and was failing. So Toyota sent one of their uh, consultants, you know, they have these guys that go around and, and help plants, right? Sent their consultant over there to help them. And what did the consultant do? He added whip back in. He added inventory back in so they could meet their requirements. So what does that tell you? It tells you that, first of all, this consultant knew what the hell he was doing, which is we're trying to make the business better. This isn't like a religion. Thou shalt reduce inventory. No, Thou shalt be just in time. Thou yeah. shalt be just in time. How would no. be thy name? You got to deliver to the customer. It's a process to get there, right? And and the people that were in charge of this plant, they didn't really understand lean. They thought it was like, do this and you get magic outcomes. No, 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 no. That's a methodology. That's a tool. It's part of a process of transformation gets you into this flow, this pull flow, where you're basically producing at exactly the right pitch, right, for your customer. It can take years. I mean, it took Toyota a quarter of a century, right? They saw really big gains at first, but, and, and they're not done growing, right? But it was like a quarter of a century for them. This can be a really long process, right? The folks at that plant didn't really understand lean. And guess what? This is where I'm gonna lose all my friends. A lot of folks that say we failed because of a lack of leadership commitment don't understand Lee. They think that if they do this tool, we do this, we do that, that's what makes us lean. And they, they always, you know what, I, I, I think exactly what you're saying there because I think that we didn't review this before clicking record because I'm loving feeding off of this right now. I do love that when they say that, they immediately back up, well, they didn't stick to the fundamentals. And it's right. Like, it is exactly what you're saying. They don't understand lean. If they did, they would know there are no fundamentals worth adhering to at the sacrifice of the business. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's all oriented towards the customer. Like, the centerpiece of lean is about the customer, right? Uh, it's subordinating the value creation process to the customer demand, removing all of the waste in that value stream so you can get the value to the customer, right? And I've seen it happen. I will continue to see it happen. I'm not hating on anybody. I love everybody out there. If you're trying to get better and you're trying to do stuff, God bless you. Merry Christmas and all of that. Uh, Happy New Year. But will you want to go through some other religions if you said God bless you? Or is that like a like a first God? Uh, gods bless you. Oh, gods. There you go. Yeah. And if you're atheist, bless you. Um, mm -hmm. Just generally blessed, just, high yeah. levels of skills and luck. Boom, yeah, good outcome. We're, we're very. Uh, I want to make sure that everybody knows we're inclusive um, on this show. We're just uh, 
lack of emotional self-awareness sometimes. So don't let uh, yeah. my stupidity uh, offend you. Um, but you don't understand the business fundamentals. That's why you're failing. This is a number one cause that gets blamed on lack of leadership commitment. No, they're not committed to what you're doing because it's crap. It's not helping the business. It's making it worse. Sorry. Or even if you had a really good, correct idea that would save the business and would go the way to go, if you didn't convey that in a way that was accepted, that was still you that failed. Not them, not their lack of engagement. That's still you. That's part of the job, that communication, that education piece, and that stuff like that. Now, I don't want people to misunderstand and think that um, – Leadership commitment is not a fundamental part to a lean transmission tra transformation. Oh, absolutely. It is, it is the only thing. <laughs> the leadership commitment, that's what it is. If you actually want to be lean and not be a company that tries to get better by using a couple of tools that sound cool and have Japanese names, if you actually want to be lean, it is a strategy. It is a growth strategy, not a cost-saving strategy, and it is a business operating system. If you don't have that, you can't be lean. If I can, if I can add exactly right on to that thought, is it takes continuous sustainable leadership because you can make any change you want to save any amount of money, do any other thing you want. The only way you are going to sustain it is by sustaining engaged leadership. That that is the only way, or else you're always going to bring in somebody new that goes a different direction, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh man. We don't have time for another lean myth and legend, but, you know, that probably goes on the list. We need to talk about that whole, like, you know, when things go wrong, it's bad management. You know, you know that uh, you're over here saying, don't blame the employee, blame the process. And then as soon as it comes to management, you're like, blame the manager, blame the manager. Yep. It's always a leader. It's never an employee. No, it's always a system problem always 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 managers have to follow processes too yeah short and processes that control their behavior and their outcomes short of a short of a meteor it is always a function of the system in place right i cannot be responsible for acts of god <laughs> i don't know who that was but it wasn't good it was very good, and that's from the X-Files, uh, season seven, episode two, where the tornado touches down in the work camp in Mississippi, and the guy can walk through walls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to say it was good, because as soon as you went to explain it, it did, it did click for me very well. Yeah, so I'm just saying. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for a hilarious and hopefully insightful bag of shenanigans. Hopefully, we got to dump coal all over everybody. And I hope you can take it, and I hope you can dish it back because if you're if you're if you're offended, I encourage you start a group chat with the two of us on LinkedIn, and let's like argue it to the death because I I frankly enjoy that. I can have intellectual Absolutely. discourse and still love you. So come on, reach out. Let's do it. I prefer the anti-intellectual discourse personally. Um, it's more entertaining, but I can do intellectual too. <laughs> That's what we were doing language. right before we started. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, top five lean myths and legends, people process tools, busted, 5S and Muda reduction is lean, busted, tools can fix your problems, busted, respect for people means that I treat you nicely, busted, number one, our lean implementation failed because of a lack of leadership commitment, busted, top five, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, peace out.
that nothing you 